0: is study number 27 of Genesis chapter 6. We're going to be reading verses 18 through 20. Genesis 6 verse 18 says, But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee, and of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark. To keep them alive with thee, they shall be male and female. Of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And I'll stop reading there. Now in uh, verse 18, we've already gone over it. We saw that the covenant is the word of God, the Bible, and, and God makes a covenant with his people through his word, whether it be Noah or Abraham or Jacob or whoever. It's the same covenant and it's the same word of God with each one. And then God foretold 120 years in advance exactly who would enter into the ark? It would be Noah, his wife, his three sons, or he says his sons and their wives. And, and, and that's it. The Lord did not specify or make reference to any other person, but Noah and his immediate family. And we, we know in the next chapter when the flood, uh, takes place, 120 years, Later, that it is exactly those same people, eight souls, that enter into the ark. And we discussed in our last study how that fits in with God's program of predestination. That before the foundation of the world, he named the people that would be saved and their sins were laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and as time has unfolded, as the history of the world has taken place, God has found those people and those people only to save and to deliver from His wrath. And, and they were brought into the kingdom or uh, into the Lord Jesus Christ and hid from the wrath of God through God's salvation program. So, God's naming of the people to enter the ark is a figure of his overall salvation plan of election, wherein he names each individual that will become saved. Alright, let, let's let go on to verse uh, 19 and verse 20. And of every living thing of all flesh... Two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. In verses 19 and 20, the Lord makes reference to the animal world and his deliverance of the animals. They are to be brought into the ark. Again, here God is foretelling, because the ark has not yet been built, the rain has not yet begun to fall. That's decades away, over a century away. But just as he named the people who would enter in, in these two verses, he tells us of the animals that will enter in, and the number of the animals. Two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark. And he repeats it in verse twenty: two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And, and so again, just as with the people, that Noah and his family are a picture of God's salvation, his election program the animals also typify the same thing. They are types and figures of all that God will save, his elect. And we know from several verses in the Bible that the Lord refers to animals in similar ways to people. For instance, in Jonah chapter 3, After Jonah has gone into the city a day's journey and proclaimed yet 40 days, it says in Jonah 3, beginning in verse 7, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto god yea let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands and you you can't distinguish you can't separate what god is saying of man and and what he's saying of the beast both were not to eat both were not to drink both man and beast were to be covered with sackcloth and the way verse 8 is worded again I'll read it but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto god it's almost as if god is indicating the beast will cry mightily unto him along with man and of course that didn't happen men cried, men besought the Lord, the men of Nineveh, that he might have mercy and not the beasts. But the picture is that the animals are in the same predicament, the same trouble as the man and everything the man does, the animals to do also. Because God typifies men as animals. And we're going to look at, at just a few verses. Let's go to Numbers 22. And this is the account of Balaam and his donkey. We're breaking into the historical story at the point where the donkey has disobeyed his master Balaam. And it says in Numbers 22, verse 32. And the angel of Jehovah said unto him, Wherefore... Has thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. There the Lord is speaking directly to Balaam. And then in verse 33, And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee, and saved her alive, and this is of course one of those amazing Bible stories. It's a true historical account of God opening up the mouth of an animal, uh, Balaam's ass, and and not only the mouth but the eyes of the animal, so that the donkey saw. The angel of Jehovah, who is God himself, standing in the way against Balaam with, with a sword to slay him. And the donkey turned aside three times. It refused to go and Balaam smote his ass. And, and so God points out that the ass saved Balaam's life. And if she had not turned, he would have slain Balaam and saved her alive. And there we see very clearly that the animal, the donkey, typifies someone God has saved. He opens up her mouth. He says, I I saved her alive. And Balaam typifies the unsaved, the, the man in the story is a representation of an unsaved person, while the donkey is a representation of the saved. God used the animal to picture someone he saved. It's similar to Exodus 13. In verse 13, the Lord gave this law, he says, in every firstling of an ass... Thou shalt redeem with a lamb, and if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. Now, this this scripture has all sorts of um, a gospel meaning. To redeem with a lamb, of course, points to the redemption that the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, obtained for his people. And, and so, with this law, every firstborn man was to be redeemed. And every firstling of an ass was likewise to be redeemed with a lamb. As a matter of fact, if it were not redeemed, then... It was to have its neck broken to uh, signify it's under the wrath of God. When people break their neck, like Eli, uh, uh, when he fell back, he broke his neck, because uh, it was a picture of him being under the wrath of God, both the falling backwards and the breaking of the neck, pictures an individual that is under the wrath of God, and the ass was also to be counted under the wrath of God if it were not redeemed by a lamb. And, and so again, God there is using animals to picture his uh, salvation program. In Isaiah 53, the Lord says this in this Messianic chapter of the book of Isaiah in verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and Jehovah hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And, and here and many other places, God typifies his people as sheep. Uh, we are the sheep of his pasture. He, he is our shepherd. And, and there is much biblical language that goes along those lines. And, and yet, uh, sometimes we don't stop and think, well, well, uh, in doing that, God is picturing His people as animals. As sheep. Sheep that feed upon grass and lie by still waters and so forth. And yet, uh, a sheep is an animal. It, uh, remember in the New Testament, there was a woman who was beseeching the Lord to help her and heal her daughter. But the Lord Jesus said he was not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And there's another reference to sheep. And yet the woman came and worshipped him and said in verse 25, "Uh, Lord, help me. And then in verse 26, but he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And here the woman was was identifying herself with a dog, waiting for a crumb to fall from the table. And and there's other instances in the Bible where God is speaking of people, he's speaking of his elect, but he is using the figure of animals. And that's what's going on here. In Genesis 6, in verses 19 and 20, And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, Shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind. Of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. It's repeated, that that phrase, keep them alive, twice. Once in verse 19, once In verse 20. Also, of course, the people that went on board the ark were kept alive. It relates to Psalm 41. This language of being kept alive. Psalm 41 verse 1 says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. Jehovah will deliver him in time of trouble. Jehovah will preserve him. "...and keep him alive, and he shall be blessed upon the earth, and thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies." The poor, as well as strangers and widows in the Bible, typify God's people. And and so here, uh, Jehovah considers the poor, and will deliver him, and preserve him, and keep him alive." All those that were kept alive in the ark are a picture of the spiritually poor, the poor in the spirit and, and all God's people, the people as well as the animals. And they're kept alive through the construction of the ark. It, it was a craft designed by God, built for the salvation of uh, Noah, his family and all the animals. Yes, the Lord, um, wanted to deliver the animals to keep the species of dog and species of sheep and goat and birds and ravens and doves and so forth alive on the earth. But, but deeper than that, all the animals that were, had their lives preserved found deliverance uh, the same as Noah and his family, and were spared from dying in the flood as as all the rest of the animals were. This is only um a handful out of the whole it's a remnant of the animals, isn't it? There were male and female sheep and 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 male and female this kind of animal and that kind of animal too. And, and some others, there were seven, but, but overall, the total number of animals that found refuge on the ark were nothing in comparison to the great number of animals outside the ark all over the rest of the world. How, how many sheep were there? We don't know. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions. We, we don't know how many dogs, and how many cats, and how many elephants, and and how many mice, and, and other rodents there were, and rabbits, and there could have been tremendous numbers of animals that populated the earth, and yet God spared a remnant of them. He took in a remnant, and God had to work in order to do it. Well, we'll... We'll save that discussion for the next chapter, when the animals begin to arrive at the ark, at the time that the ark was completed and God was about to bring the flood. You know, Noah wasn't running around trapping and 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 uh, catching all these animals. That would have been impossible. Uh, maybe, yeah, he could have caught some, but but of every species that God intended? No, it, it, it was not possible for him to do that. And it would have taken, even if he had tried, a tremendous amount of time for him to capture and, and, and to um, keep penned up somewhere all these animals in anticipation of loading them on the ark. And none of that was necessary. Because God moved in the animals to come to the ark. In other words, God drew them, just like he draws people. As as the Lord Jesus said in John 6, in verse 44, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And, And God drew the animals. He led them there he he had them wait in line um, for all we know as they boarded the ark you know we were not presented with a picture of chaos that uh, noah and his sons and 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 their wives had to chase animals around like chickens and and grab a hold of them and and somehow get them into the ark but the way the Bible presents it is very orderly. The animals got on board because God directed them there. God, who created them, worked in in them, had all the necessary types of animals arrive at the proper time, and they boarded uh, according to God's timetable. and And they were all on board. Noah and his family were all on board. Then God shut the door. None of the predestinated people, predestinated by God, were left out. None of the called animals, and called and drawn by God, were left outside. But there were the male and female of each animal species. And so God is again painting a picture of saving a remnant of a whole. Just... Just as he his overall salvation program, he saves a remnant of people, yet there's billions left unsaved. He saved a remnant of animals, delivering them from the death of the flood, and yet millions upon millions of other animals died in the flood, and we're still benefiting from that with fossil fuels today. But but this is the picture that God is given. And they were kept alive. Now this ties in with the statements of First Thessalonians chapter 4. In verse 15 and 17. Where the Lord speaks of the coming of Christ. The second coming at the time of the end. And he says in verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. He repeats it in verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. They were loaded onto the ark and kept alive. Noah and the other seven Human beings were kept alive through the ark. They were alive and remained. Of all the rest of the people in the world, none of the rest were alive. None of the rest remained. But but they did, and so too is God picking up on that figure, which we could actually expect because the Lord began judgment day May 21, 2011, on a day that identified 7,000 years from the point of his shutting the door of the ark and the beginning of the flood. And, and therefore, it identified with the keeping in or the, the shutting of the door was not only a judgment upon those without, but it was a necessary safety uh, mechanism to protect all within so that they could be kept alive and remain for when the flood would be over and then they would come out. So, God uses the language that we find concerning those that were uh, brought into the ark. They were kept alive. they Their lives were preserved. And all of God's people... All the elect, save prior to the shutting of the door on May 21, 2011, are alive, and as long as they they continue to live physically and remain upon the earth, and will do so until God takes them in physical death, and then their spirit would go to be with the Lord. Or if they remain until the very end, they will be um, what this group of people in 1 Thessalonians 4 is referring to. Those that were alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. Well, the Lord does not keep alive the wicked. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 20, in verse 16, But of the cities of these people, which Jehovah thy God doth give thee for an inheritance... Thou shalt save alive nothing that breatheth, but thou shalt utterly destroy them, namely the Hittites and the Amorites, the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, as Jehovah thy God has commanded thee. None of the wicked are kept alive. In Job 36, verse 6, it says, He preserveth not the life of the wicked, but giveth right to the poor. It is not God's purpose to preserve the life of the wicked. And, and, and so when he brings judgment, he slays the wicked. The, the walls of Jericho fall down and he kills everyone but Rahab, the harlot and her family because he made obligation to her. She, is a picture of his elect. But all the rest of the people of the city, man, woman, and child, are slain by the sword. They are killed. And that's how it was with the flood. All who found grace in God's sight, along with Noah, and and all the animals that were delivered, they're kept alive because of God's will, and and this is all according to his purpose, and his good pleasure, and the rest of mankind and the rest of all the animals that are in the world that have the breath of life are destroyed. God um, does not preserve their lives. They, They had no provision made for them. The ark was constructed for the people and the animals that God brought on board.